Rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Welcome everybody to the Safina Society Nothing But Facts live stream where today we are on uh, <coughs> Affairs of the Ummah. That's going to be our theme as always on Wednesdays. And as you know, that um, we look at some different stories related to Muslims and most of the times related to Muslims and sometimes it's general news. That, uh, that we are interested. But today, we're going to look at one of these direct, straight-up liars who everyone in the world sympathized for. And I want to show you this picture here. Look, look at how terrible this woman looks, right? How could you not sympathize with this individual? Well, surprise, uh, this is all fake. The whole thing was fake. Now, I'm not saying that. Uh, the courts said that, right? She faked injuries. She's been jailed uh, after lying about Asian grooming gang abuse. So you, you may have heard of this some while back. I remember I heard about it, and I thought, wow, these these guys are, you know, nuts. Okay, they, they want to see it again? Put it up to the screen, she says. Okay, fine. Farida Khan, or whoever it was. Said that there it is. Oh, maybe the Instagrammers can't see it. Instagrammers, you see this? This is the, the news story for today. Okay, and um, looks pretty bad, right? Anybody who has any heart would be uh, upset about that. So her name is Eleanor Williams. She was found guilty of eight counts of what's called perverting the course of justice. In England, that's the language that they use there. Um, following a trial at Prince Preston County uh, Crown Court, she admitted to this. The charges arose after she accused multiple men, Muslim and not Muslim, over a period of three years of raping and trafficking her. The allegations resulted in a large-scale police investigation into crimes including human trafficking, child sex offense, Offenses and the investigation resulted in men being arrested. Okay, the most high profile of the allegations Williams made was on was in May of 2020 that she was taken into a car, right, stuffed into a car, right, uh, taken to Barrow and raped by Asian men one at a time, while one of them held a knife to her neck. Williams uploaded pictures of so, to social media of serious injuries she had sustained to her face and body. The impact of the Facebook post was enormous and saw protests against police in Barrow and beyond. However, William's story turned out to be untrue and the evidence instead pointed to her injuries as being self-inflicted. Self-inflicted? Who's going to give themselves that many injuries? You really need to be sick in the head. Unbelievable. I thought that she would actually uh, put makeup on, right? I mean, you're actually going to injure yourself? And here we are, like, I remember myself being like, what? I know England's wild, but I didn't think the, the brothers were that wild, right? But I never doubted that her story was true. Of course, I didn't have to pass a judgment, so I didn't have to hear both sides. But from the immediate, like, wow, that's terrible what happened to her. Because you can't imagine that you're going to go to a get a, a you know at the police station get a picture 
they're going to see its makeup, right? So you never imagine that. Uh, now, but it said it's Facebook. When she said it was on Facebook, then I thought, oh, well, maybe it was makeup, right? It's not makeup at all. It's self-inflicted. How crazy are you? Other allegations of rape and sexual assault were also found to be baseless. In some instances, she had deliberately fabricated evidence, including creating a Snapchat account purporting to be in the name of a man that she later accused of rape. So she created an account for this guy. Cumbria police detectives were able to show that the account was fake and had, in fact, been created at Williams' home address. So basically, forensic, uh, forensic, uh, what do you want to call it? Investigation here. Forensic meaning going into the very minor details of things and tracing things back to their origins. Uh, just determined that this um, was created in her address. So I guess that's not hard. It's It's getting... What we would call, for example, um, you, would, you would get the judge to a court order that Snapchat release the origins of this, this uh, the IP. When the extensive evidence of inconsistencies of William's story were put to her, she broke down. And she admitted it was all lies. Wow. Senior investigative officer Doug Marshall said, it's important for people to understand that these were far from victimless crimes. Williams named specific individuals as being responsible for kidnapping her, trafficking her, and abusing her. Individuals who were found to have committed no such offenses. In a number of cases, her claims led to innocent men being arrested by officers who understandably took such appalling allegations seriously. Williams had produced compelling evidence when reporting her abuse. However, as detectives investigated her accounts, they found evidence that Williams had not only lied, but she concocted evidence to support her allegations, including creating fake Snapchat accounts and inflicting injuries on herself. I wonder the moment that the chief investigator realized, oh, no, no, this is all a fraud, right? I wonder, like, what his face looked like at that moment. Was he sitting at his home office, right, like at his own desk, or was he at the bureau and looking at files and stuff and said, this stuff is not adding up? And I wonder if there was an assistant, because usually that's how it is in the movies. There's, like, an assistant who picks up on it first. He's like, hey, boss, this stuff is not adding up. And then the boss says, no, 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 no. We already got the convictions, right? I wonder if that, like, anything like that in the background happened. Cases such as this, where someone has invented crimes and concocted evidence, are extremely rare. What is not rare is physical and sexual abuse against children and young adults. It occurs in Barrow, in Cumbria, and across the country. Head of crime for Cumbria, Detective Chief Dave Stalker, that's an interesting name for the case we're talking about, added, whilst we have seen extremely serious offenses committed and major investigations carried out in Cumbria. This case is unique in magnitude and impact, and the impact it had far-reaching consequences, uh, which resulted from it, the catalyst of which was a singular social media post. It is something we are continuing to recover from in terms of rebuilding trust and confidence within our communities and with partners, all as a result of claims that were made maliciously and without foundation. That is why we are taking the opportunity to once again reiterate to the public our commitment to tackling sexual abuse in all its forms. 
I encourage any victim, whether of recent or non-recent offending, to come forward today. So that's why you need real victims, because um, the amount of fake victims you have, it's just, this is not even a fake victim. Like, this is a complete fraud. A fake victim is like, I got looked at funny, now I need therapy. I got looked at, I got a paper cut, now I need, you know, uh, I need everyone's sympathy, I'm going to make Facebook posts all about it. Let me, let's let me read you the New York Post uh, or the New York Times article on this. Okay. Because there's more detail there. All right. Uh, BBC, sorry. BBC is the one who had it. The Guardian has it too. Uh, usually the Guardian's better, actually. Yeah. Let's go to the Guardian article. So um, I'll be really interested in the psychology of such a person. Um, like, never got attention growing up or what? It's a se- severe narcissism. She's 22 years old. She's from Barrow Inferness. Barrow Inferness, I guess it's called. <sighs> She's convicted of nine counts of perverting the course of justice. Okay. She had no significant signs of remorse. Okay. Her allegations were complete fiction, says the judge. Now, I want to know the men who were, the guys who were, uh, yeah, and why them, right? Her claims went viral during the lockdown of, in May 2020 when she posted photographs of herself on Facebook covered in shocking bruises with a black eye and a partially severed finger. Wow. That's, that's, you That's you got you question have, number one. Yeah. Facebook post. Why why not go to the police? Why put this on a Facebook post? Facebook post. Is that the first reaction that you that we got uh, when uh, we had a uh, you know a broken down door or something like that? Is that the first reaction that you get when someone bothers you is to to, to post it on social media, not to call the police? Okay, so that's always the first thing. She said she had been beaten and made to attend sex parties by an evil yet clever Asian man, okay, who masterminded this. And he's a Pakistani business owner, friends of other Pakistani business owners. Sakin. Okay. Sounds straight from James Bond. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> right out of James Bond. Now these allegations spread far beyond Cumbria and sparked a global solidarity, solidarity campaign called Justice for Ellie with more than 100,000 Facebook members. And it had its own line of merchandise featuring a purple elephant, prompted rallies all over the UK. All right, allegations of a police cover-up. No, there's, the police didn't take action because nothing was reported to them. Cumbria police recorded 151 crimes linked to the case in 2020, including malicious communications and harassment, as well as criminal damage and public order offenses. Hate crimes tripled in Barrow that summer. In a letter to the judge... Uh, I guess hate crimes against Pakistanis. Williams maintained her innocence, but she said she was sorry and devastated at how her Facebook post affected Barrow. I understand it's your job to believe the jury's verdict, and that's okay. I know I have made some mistakes. I'm sorry. I know it's no excuse, but I was young and confused. Oh, a lot of people are young and confused. They don't result in other people's lives being destroyed. Because I want to know about the kids, the wife of the guy who was, 
you know, found guilty of all this, right? Isn't there a, there was a Pakistani man who was found guilty of all this stuff, okay? Uh, did not his wife probably divorced him, his, his uh, uh, kids probably embarrassed, hiding their faces in schools? She said, I'm not saying I'm guilty, but I know I have done something wrong. We're in this world where you just speak opposite things in one breath now, I guess. I'm not guilty, but I have done something wrong. Okay, and I'm sorry. Why would you apologize if you're not guilty? I'm devastated at the trouble that has been caused in Barrow. If I knew what consequences would have come from that status, I never would have posted it. The judge said Williams held limited responsibility for the community tensions resulting from Facebook. Some community impact was foreseeable, he said, but he said the consequences of her lies for the criminal justice system were far-reaching. There is a risk that genuine victims will be reluctant as a result of this to come forward. That's why these fake victims are so bad. The real victim sees everyone else hating on these people and saying, I'm not going to come forward. I might be called a liar too, right? Now a focus turned on Asian groomers due to William's post, okay? And these include uh, rape allegations against three white men, one of whom named Oliver Gardner simply had the misfortune to ask her for a light for his cigarette on the street. That's the only time he ever met the, the woman. This guy, next time he needs a light, he's going to find like a dude, right? I'm not going to ask a nice young lady. Another guy named Jordan Trengrove spent 73 days in jail on remand, okay, after he was accused uh, of raping and drugging her, like drugging her first at knife point, then raping her. Goodness, what evidence, okay? But Williams reserved her wildest allegation for Muhammad Ramzan, okay? Known locally as Mo Rami. Ramzan is a 43-year-old man, okay? He met Williams once at a family party. Williams said he was, in fact, the head of an international grooming gang, okay? Who first had sex with her at the age of 12 or 13, and then trafficked her to all his friends, okay? And he was trafficking dozens of other girls up and down England and abroad. Trengrove, Gardner, and Ramzan all said they tried to kill themselves as a result of being falsely accused, okay? That's insane, the amount of... uh, that amount of uh, stress. Trend Grove and Ramzan were in court on Tuesday to see Williams sentenced. Can you imagine the relief, like in these guys' lives, that, oh my gosh, finally the truth has come out? Okay. Outside court, jurors who had been invited to return uh, for the hearing hugged the men and shook their hands. Okay. I guess that means what jurors is she talking about? Jurors meaning the jurors of the old case that convicted them? Williams thanked the judge after he passed sentence, then waved goodbye to her sister Lucy, her mother, Allison Johnson. Lucy gave evidence for the prosecution after Williams claimed that she had been trafficked by Ramzan to Amsterdam and sold at a brothel to the highest bidder. In fact, the sisters had gone together to Amsterdam to celebrate Williams' 18th birthday. So the sister herself said, no, 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 this is too much. Right? Williams had six mobile phones that she used to create 
fake identities. You know what she's going to get? She's going to get a Netflix documentary. This is definitely a Netflix. There's no doubt about. There's no doubt. And she shouldn't. But because that's what happens. You need to be. You either do something great or you do something infamous to get yourself a Netflix documentary. But at least Anna Delvey didn't really harm anybody. She stole from some upscale hotels that, you know, didn't really lose any money. You heard about her? So Anna Delvey is this woman that she went around dressing up and she would basically make her, she would say that she's an heiress. An heiress to a German millionaire and that she's about to turn the age where she's going to get the money. So she would go to these hotels and she would tip with $100 bills. Now, that's all the money she ever had. But because of that, nobody suspected her. So she would stay and say, okay, let me wire you the money from Germany. And then she had another phone with a voiceover that claimed to be her representative who had to sign off because she was too young to sign off. So her rep has to sign off. And she would go in with a German accent and all as as a male and say, oh, we'll, we'll send you the wire over any minute now, right? Any minute. And then it'll disappear for like two weeks. You know, and they're like, you're dealing with someone in Germany, you expect that. And then she went from hotel to hotel, hotel, like months living in these fancy hotels, ordering room service, but never paying for anything. At one point, she did have a rich boyfriend, but when, 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 when he went broke, she then eventually uh, even went to a bank. She went to a bank and she got a loan and she was like like inches away from she did get some of the loan and her idea was she's going to create a party scene with art pieces in the middle of manhattan and the guy who was responsible for this loan was totally fooled by this german voiceover and the documents right like the, she forged all these documents and everything and then finally she was caught of course that guy was downgraded because if you got frauded by you know a, a, a kid basically you're not worth it, handling millions of dollars. And then Anna Delvey eventually goes to jail. That's the story. But that's really, there's hardly, the really reason people found it funny is because the victims, when you have a multi-million dollar hotel and you stole $50,000, it, no it doesn't affect anybody. Like, no one feels bad. But this guy, these guys were suicidal. The three guys said they were suicidal. Oh, so much harm with her with her crime, her yeah. fraud that they were suicidal. Like, yeah, you know, you never know these court things. Yeah, what you say might impact a sentence. That's true. So you, some yeah. details. Yeah, that's possible too. So she uses six phones. She creates fake identities, manipulates Snapchat accounts of real men she had met, okay, via da- the dating app Tinder, or she su- or subscribers to her account on OnlyFans. That's where, that's where she met the guys. Tinder, OnlyFans, or in person. Okay. Police were able to prove that one Snapchat account that purported to belong to Trengrove and which seemed to be goading her okay, about the rapes had in fact been created using the Wi-Fi at the Williams family home in Barrow. Williams gave police a list of 60 girls, half from Cumbria and half from elsewhere, who she said had been part of this, uh, these brothels and this trafficking pimped out by Ramzan's gang. But when police knocked on the girls' doors, they were met with blank faces. Never even heard of them. One of them, okay, 
told the Guardian of her confusion at being confronted with the suggestion that she had been groomed and abused with Williams, who was in the year above her in school. I had the police come right out of the blue. They said I was named by Ellie Williams, that I was at these parties in Preston, and this was not the case at all, said Chloe, now 21 years old. She said she had been on one night out with Williams. That's how she met Williams. They went out together one night. Though she knew her to say hi, they were not close friends. They went out once with a group. It's very weird that she mentioned my name. Okay. Now, what else do we have here? Uh, Omar Abbasi with the haircut. Omar Abbasi's in here. It looks good on you, by the way. Yeah, no, it looks good. Looks good. Now we have a video here. We got to watch this video. Police released CCTV footage showing Eleanor buying the hammer in Tesco. And that's the hammer, I guess, that somehow they have reason to believe. We're going to get to that, I guess. Where we have reason to believe, I guess, that she used this hammer on herself. See, that's the part that's messed up. Okay. Now, I get this. If you, if you have a bad relationship with your dad, you're going to create a life in the future that always has a bad guy who's a guy, a male bad guy. I can get that, right? But to this degree... Something's wrong with you. Like, you are sick in the head. Um, I see a comment here from Ahmed W. I hope you talk about the Komalus oppressing the sister this week. I think you're talking about Germany, right? Yeah, we can get to that. She goes, buys the hammer at Tesco. Chloe was as shocked as everyone else, all right, when she saw Williams' Facebook post in May 2020. She still struggles to believe her injuries were self-inflicted. As a forensic pathologist concluded they were with a hammer Williams bought from Tesco a few days earlier. Chloe bought a Justice for Ellie t-shirt and joined several solidarity protests. I mean, this girl's got branding and everything. She brands it with a purple elephant being her brand. Everyone had something of of Justice for Ellie. Everyone had something here or there if it wasn't on you it was on your car it was in the front of your house because we were a small town and we all cared for one another now i feel so stupid she says to have joined all the rallies for someone who made up so many lies it got very nasty very quickly now this is the case where justice is found imagine how many cases where justice is not found and i think it could go both ways there are criminals who get away with things and fake victims who get away with things, right? They're, I mean, it's going to go both ways. How frustrating it might be. That's why to die mazloom, you're a shaheed. You know that? In one hadith? To die oppressed. And the truth never comes out your whole life. That Muslim who dies like that, he gets a free pass. Yeah. All yeah, of that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something. Even, even the whole bank uh, failure, the SVB bank, if that bank collapsed in Egypt, do you think... The, the people, the, the justice will be served. Because this was a really good treatment of the bank. The 2008 was terrible. All the investors were thrown in the garbage. The depositors, sorry, the depositors were thrown in the garbage. And the banks were bailed out. This time it was the opposite. If you were a, an investor, you like, uh, let out to dry. If you're a manager, you're fired. If you're a depositor, you're saved. The government came in and 
and saved all the depositors. You get all your money back because you just put your money in the bank. That's all you did. They screwed up. Shouldn't be your problem. They fired all the managers. In 2008, so you're probably still young at that time, right? Yeah, but I know, but it makes sense that the depositors, like, lost because it's just the nature of the economy that it fell, right? Like, yeah. It's not like they did it and they were victims or anything. Yeah. They just made a bad decision. The de- to, to use that bank? You would think, though, like, a bank is a bank. That's what people think, right? But a bank is not a bank. A bank is a company that's trying to make money. You'd think that a bank is just a responsible place where you just put a deposit and you make a withdrawal. I remember... Community yeah. college taking macroeconomics class. Yeah. I learned about how banks started. I became like the biggest rebel. Oh, yeah. I was like, this is a scam. It's a they scam. Made it, the paper note. Yep. The gold. Oh, yeah. It was made as a scam to not have any money and make money. Yeah. Plus, they lend out nine times. They're allowed to lend out nine times more than what they have. Yeah. You think that you're just going for deposits and withdrawals, which uh, Shamil Malik knows everything about. Um, I got to tell you that story later. Trend, it's not appropriate for the, uh, for the stream. Trendgrove had rapist spray painted on the side of his house. Ramzan re- received more than 500 death threats. He had to leave Barrow. He had to move. Okay. A reporter from the local mail newspaper also left the town temporarily on police advice. After receiving dozens of threats in response to a report, she wrote about Williams's first court appearance. Indian restaurant owners in the town repeatedly had their windows smashed after a list circulated on Snapchat purporting to show businesses complicit in Williams' abuse. Okay, And isn't that what, what the guy said, uh, the Pulitzer, I think, who, um, who's really got the newspaper world going? He said, the secret to sale, the secret to green is black, white, and red. Yeah. You heard about this? Oh, I learned this in school. It was one of the classes I remember very well. He said, the secret to green is black, white, and red. So you know what that means? Okay. A black man, a white woman, and b- blood will produce sales, which is the green. Right? I remember that really well in school. Okay. One Muslim restaurateur who asked not to be named said he lost at least 80,000 pounds Okay, worth of customers after being named on the list. Orders dropped from 70 to 80 a night to two or three. And he was pursued down the street by people. Okay, making fun of him. And he was spray spraying beer in his face. Wow. During Williams' sent, you can't, you can't run the clock back on this stuff and fix it. Because he's not getting his money back. He's not getting... You know, any of this back. During Williams' sentencing hearing at Preston uh, Crown Court, Judge Altham asked if the prosecution was asking him to sentence on the basis that the offenses were motivated by racial hatred, which obviously you picked on the, the daisies. That's easy to pick on. Pick on some white guys, you might have, you know, some pushback. Jonathan Sandiford KC said no, noting the jury had heard uh, evidence of Williams' affection and emotional relationship with at least one Asian man. She's really sick in the head. So she fell in love with one of these people. Mm, I, I figured that's the only thing for the girl. Mm. She got broken up Oh. So I saw I wow, that's a, some deep psychology. It's possible. She got rejected at some point. Uh, the court heard Williams continued to maintain her innocence 
and that two psychiatrists had been unable to diagnose her with a disorder. But one, Dr. Lucy Bacon, said she had experienced complex post-traumatic stress disorder as a result of childhood trauma. That's a bunch of nonsense. Okay, but that's not an excuse, though. Fine, you got post-traumatic stress disorder, fine, but that's not an excuse, though, right? Wait, is it, how, how are you having... Because you plan stuff, right? Yeah. You made a website, you made a post. This was all premeditated, right? That's Pre-planned. Good. So no amount of psych, so, you know, psychology will legally make you innocent. Yes, fine, you have issues. We all agree, agree to that. Everyone's got some issues here and there. But legally, you're still as guilty as anything else. That's the problem. That's honestly the good thing with the Netflix series that comes out later. Is yeah. It comes out after everything already happened. So like... What, mm. all this stuff it just sounds like one side's trying to get her to look insane so she's not guilty yeah. and the other side's trying to make it look like the worst possible thing like it's hard to like yeah the, the truth of the matter is kind of hard to yeah. see yeah and and you know what netflix the documentary next week documentary they gotta make a story out they, of it they they have to go back into her childhood yeah and make the character complex yeah because this yeah. is just like a black and white thing right yeah well in courts are black and white either innocent or guilty but in real life you're innocent or guilty, but you're also, you know, there's a reason why the criminals commit the crime, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes those reasons make you sympathize with uh, the criminal. But a criminal... Uh, a, yeah, we got time after. Especially you, you got like many more hours. <laughs> <laughs> As a Hanafi. No, that's good. Uh, but you, you're, uh, your sympathy for that person gets wiped out if you victimize people worse, right? Let's see what turquoise. Why would anyone be offended with turquoise? Oh, it was some silly stuff on the Telegram chat. Did what? we speak about the woman who got um, threatened by the LGBTQ? In I Germany? Talking about, in Germany or where? Germany one. It's, I think you're thinking of something else. Tell me where that's... I'm going to just read this real quick. I'm going to look at this real quick. Yeah, well, let's finish that first and then... Okay. Uh, Williams could not... was not able to diagnose her with... Uh, do- uh, sorry, Dr. Martin Locke... Uh, commissioned by the prosecution was not able to diagnose her with anything. Okay, Bacon suggested this may be commissioned by the prosecution. By the prosecution, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we gonna send you in there. Make sure you don't find her crazy, right? Okay. Uh, some people said that this was because Williams was a man, and some said that uh, she refused to engage with males. She was a man. No, that the the lock was oh, a man, okay. yeah, and she refused to engage. Bacon said, now who's Bacon first? Okay. Uh, it, you know what? I really like The Guardian. It, it took a, a jury just three and a half hours to find Williams unanimously guilty. But one question they never asked to consider is why she told so many lies. Well, that's not their job. The job of the court is did you lie? Yes or no. Right? Why you want to lie? You want a, uh, a sob story? You could tell your sob story somewhere else. But you did commit a crime here. Okay. Why she had framed so many innocent men. And what had happened in her past, which might have contributed to her behavior. By the way, you have a bad relationship with men, it ends up you hate men going forward. You have a very good relationship with a dad, oftentimes those women will follow terrible people down the rabbit hole too. Because they like can't believe that a guy could be bad. Uh-huh. right? And there was another uh, story about that too. Wild story about a lady who had a very successful restaurant, fell in love with a guy, right? This guy was just a complete con artist and ended up stealing all her money and causing her to go broke and she never left him, right? Ooh. To the point that even 
the money straight from the investor. She had an investor bring in like millions of dollars. He took all of it over a period of time for gambling. She didn't know she, he was a gambler, right? Wow. And she just followed him straight. So blind hate and blind love is also, it's sort of the same thing on both ways. Um, just opposite sides of it. So the trial offered a few clues. Here we get to the psychology. This is the interesting part. Okay, Not that this person deserves any sympathy, but I'm interested. All right. She wrote an apology letter and she said, done wrong on some of this. She, she, like I noticed with her, her, her tweets and everything, the word when she's talking about the issues, it, she never said me or I. Mm. Like if that, if that was literally the word that it, you would say I did wrong. Yeah, she never true. said me or I. That's ever. true. She just says, quote, done wrong on some of this. That's it. So she said she wasn't thinking straight when she made the Facebook post, alleging abuse at the hands of Asian, an Asian grooming gang. She said, typed it up, having typed it up when I was just discharged from the hospital, she had been receiving treatment from the very injuries which prompted the groundswell of public support. Okay. Black eye, bruises, severed little finger. What does he mean severed? Like, like she just took a knife to it or what? Now a forensic pathologist concluding, concluded that all these injuries were self-inflicted. All using a hammer, Williams have brought from Tesco a few days earlier, and there's footage, as we said earlier, of the hammer, but jur of her buying the hammer. Jurors have, may have been left wondering, what on earth could cause someone to inflict such harm to themselves? A little insight came during the first day of her sentencing hearing. Dr. Lucy Bacon, a forensic psychiatrist who assessed Williams multiple times since 2019, diagnosed complex post-traumatic stress disorder resulting from childhood trauma. Williams displayed all the key symptoms, said Bacon, including suicidal ideation and substance misuse. All right, so Dr. Lucy Bacon is the forensic psychiatrist. Now, there's a forensic pathologist and a forensic psychiatrist. Bacon said Williams had learned to maintain a mask to hide her emotions, okay, which she said was very common in trauma. The psychiatrist said she suspected undisclosed sexual abuse as a child, okay, which she said Williams had referred to opaquely in their session. First of all, is Williams a trustworthy testimony? Yeah. Anything that this woman says for the rest of her life has to have a pile of evidence this high, okay? Even the evidence, she makes it up, right? So undisclosed sexual abuse that she referred to it opaquely in their sessions, what, what kind of people are these? A re, a, an opaque reference? Yeah, is you now, gotta say the name now. Yeah, yeah you got to say it. You got to say what happened for you to be to say sexual abuse happened. Now, a male psychiatrist, Dr. Martin Locke, said, no, no, there's nothing wrong with her at all. Sentencing Williams to eight and a half years in jail, uh, Mr. Justice Altham agreed with Locke that there's no evidence of a conclusive diagnosis, not even from Bacon. He said there were clear overtones of difficulties in her childhood. Is there a human that doesn't have difficulties in the childhood? But that was, but that there was little clarity over what those may have entailed. Like if you have a traumatic situation, you should be able to clearly delineate, and there should be some other people who knew about it, right, in your life. I feel like her parents, like where are her parents and all this? Yeah, where are the mom and dad to talk they gotta about They got to say this? something about her. Yeah, like, well, why don't we get, they get interviewed. Like how did your 
kid grow up and all that, which yeah. they should be put on the stand yeah. to prove. See, if she was abused, wouldn't the prosecutors put them on the stand, mm-hmm. right, and say, we're going to ask you some questions. At least you're the mom. They tell us how badly the dad abused her, mm-hmm. so they soften the heart of the judge. Louise Blackwell, Williams is KC. Said, what is a KC? I guess a lawyer, maybe? Said social services were involved with the family until Williams was eight. All right, so that's something. In Barrow, theories abound as to what motivated Williams. When she first started to tell police about being trafficked to sex parties, she gave officers a list of 60 other girls, this was not smart at all, that were also abused. Half of them were Cumbria and half of them were from another place. One that was from Cumbria, okay, was baffled. And we read that part already. Chloe knew Williams. They went to the same school. Chloe's not a real name, by the way. Um, And she said she stopped going to school. She would stay away from class. And she was acting very weird. All right. She remembers always thinking that there was something very strange about Williams' behavior. When both girls left school, Chloe saw Williams with visible injuries, a scratch from her neck to her collarbone and bruises around her neck and stuff like that. She knew Williams would often fail to turn up at work and would miss school for long periods of time. She wonders if Williams ended up with drug debts. My little... Th- oh, listen to this. This is actually this makes drug? sense. This is her classmate, young. Oh, like- Williams? Yeah. Oh, well, she did all this when she was like 18, 19 years old. So now she's probably like 22 or 23. Now listen to this. I like this. Chloe has a little theory. My little theory is that she got herself into a lot of debt with drugs. Okay? Because she did do drugs. And she's got herself into this hole that she can't get out of. So she just thought, the only way I can get out of it is to plaster all over Facebook a different story and collect the money. That might be enough motivation to hurt that, herself. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't think of that. It's always gambling debt. Always got to look at debt whenever there's money involved. Williams told the jury she took drugs. She admitted cocaine and marijuana. She was Ooh. frequently found by police to be out of it. Cocaine. Alone and far from home. Yeah. Right? Alone and far from home. Well, if you're, dr- if you're, out, if you're on drugs and you're uh, away from home and you're high and you're totally knocked out, yeah. I'm sure they get raped all the time. Right? I remember being in a train in England one time. But like cocaine, you don't really get knocked out from doing that. No, you don't get knocked out from that. But other stuff, you get knocked out. Uh, listen to this. I was one time in a train in England. And it must have been like like 12.31 in the morning. Late, but not really late. Like middle of the night late. And there was a woman there. She obviously had left a party or something. She was just out of it. Like her head was down. Her hair was all matted with like, I don't know, vomit or whatever. She was, she clearly had been dressed for a party. She was just out of it. She was like this, right? Now people are clearing out and there's like one or two people, right? And then she gets out and it's this dark train station, okay? And I'm like, anybody could have gotten out at the same time. This woman has no protection at at this point, right? Zero at all. And that's what happens when you get high and and drunk and you're out out of the house and far from home. She said, he says you're alone and far from home. They found her once in Morecambe, in Lancaster, in Preston, and other parts of Northwest England. She's so young. She's really young. 
All right. Her mother reported her missing 32 times. So I'm not surprised that at some point she did get raped. Right. Could she have been, uh, could she have been a county lines drug mule? Interesting. What does that mean? A drug mule? You deliver. You deliver drugs. 18 year old girl. You don't suspect it, right? Doug Marshall, the senior investigator on the case, gives short shrift to the idea that Williams may have been a victim of something, if not what she told the police. He said she started going missing only after detectives told her they thought she was lying. Poonawala's in the house. Tafadda. She wasn't going missing when she was 14, 15, and 16. All these missing episodes are all times when the police was investigating her behavior okay gentlemen we got a party in the house now Punawala is in is here what's happening stuff lazin is here Ahmad is here okay what's happening Ahmad is here Punawala is here Abbasi's here detective investigated every single episode in the course of this three and a half year inquiry, that's the only time that you would go missing during the police investigations. There's no evidence in anything that we've gathered to say Miss Williams is a victim of any crime. Perhaps she's just a compulsive liar. Some of the lies, sometimes it's usually the simplest thing, right? Just enjoys the lie. Just enjoys seeing people go down. Some of the lies she made up were ridiculously easy to disprove, such as when she told people she had a baby son called Bailey. She had never given birth at all. Or that she had spent several weeks in a hospital in a coma after being given a backstreet abortion using knitting needles. Wait, what? She gave an abortion? She She claimed that she had given an abortion using the needles of knitting. That's insane. You're going to kill a baby with that. That's insane. I mean, that's some serious pushing and pulling that you One thing I know, like I don't know much about this type of stuff, but I know like... Cocaine is, like, one of the worst things someone could do, ever. Like, people think it's just, like, oh, like, alcohol, weed, and cocaine. Like, no, cocaine's, like, absolutely, like, shaitan, like, rips your soul out of your body when you do that type of stuff. It's, like, gone. And if you think about committing acts of crazy violence, like, self-inflicted, you need to be on cocaine to do that stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because, uh, you know that... when they're on cocaine, they grind their... They they do their teeth so much, they break their teeth. Wow. By clenching their mouth so much, they break their own teeth. They're... In the in the eighties, in the eighties, cocaine was very popular in the sports world, and a lot of violent sports like in yeah. ho- hockey and football, uh-huh. the guys used to um, <coughs> be on cocaine, it's very common, yeah. and they would go out there. And I remember a guy, Bob Probert, I'm pretty sure Mark Messier too, who was like my favorite player, still is. But these guys would literally behead other players on the ice. They would take out other guys in ways that like would scare the whole league, right? Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure they were on cocaine. Because fast forward to the 90s, and they're all mellowed out. They don't do that stuff anymore. Right? <laughs> Sentencing her, the judge sounded pessimistic, okay, for anyone hoping for answers. There was no explanation for why the defendant made the allegations. Why don't we just forget that? Just try to remember, people enjoy watching chaos ensue, right? Mm-hmm. Unless and until the defendant chooses to say why she made up all these lies, we'll never know. In any case, said Muhammad Ramzan, falsely accused by Williams of being the ringleader, would we believe the truth if she told us? 
Yeah. Anything she says at that point cannot believe believed. You know the story, there is a saying of uh, there, someone tells you there's a lot, uh, uh, the people who tell the truth have white feet. People who tell the truth have black feet. Uh, two people who lie have black feet. Okay? And obviously your feet are covered with your shoes. So you ask him, well, which one are you? He says, I have white feet. So what is he? Because both of them are going to say I have white feet. The black, if people with black feet will always lie. Right? You can't believe them. This is a situation where you can't, you can't believe anything anyone says. Right? Because if he says he, if he's a, if he's a Blackfoot, all right, this is, you know that this is like an ancient, like Native American, whatever. But if I say, if the Blackfeet people always lie, so what are they going to say about themselves? They're always going to say they have white feet. And the white-footed tribe always tells the truth, right? But you'll never know. Because the Blackfoot are also saying they have white feet. Anyway, I just saw that recently. Her data, her data is her data is absolutely negative. It's ruptured, extremely negative. Okay. Tell tell me, uh, um, man, the 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 uh, the Guardian is milking this. They got like under each story, they got five different stories. Now they have a story <laughs> on Jordan Trengrove, who was falsely accused and spent some time. I guess this is the guy who spent some time in jail. All right, tell me about this. What is this case with the uh, Muslim women and the LGBT people? So I did a little bit of research on it. Um, let me see where you go. So there's this woman named Shumir, uh, Shumir Nessa. I don't know if I'm Spell? S-H-U-M-I-R-U-N, Nessa, N-E-S-S-A. And so she's like a hijabi influencer. Uh, apparently she has like 7 million followers on social media, so she's quite big. And basically, basically what happened is she exposed this one guy named Jeffrey Marsh being like a child groomer and he's like a whole lgbtq you know he's one of those activists whatever uh, yeah that's what they call him and so what happened was they started sending her death thre uh, threats and apparently like it got to a point where she's like it's, it's pretty crazy like they uh, i believe they vandalized her property they um exposed her address her her children's school like they went all in on this on this woman okay and let's, she's like fearing for her life let's read this thank you for finding that love wins so, you just imagine like all these like, like, yeah, he's like women, men trying to like. This, oh, this guy's famous. Yeah. So this is the guy who. All right. So oh, this is the sister, man. and this is the creature, the person that she was attacking. Imagine she like an army of these people. Attacked. She exposed him for being a child groomer. She exposed him for being a child. Yeah, and he's like a non-binary or something, and he was using that as a way to invite minors privately to talk with him or something, something like that. And it says that she received an email uh, from someone that exposed her e uh, her location, her children's uh, school, her children's routine even for school, and like all like uh, you know intimate details. Mm. All right, listen to this this guy. Let's see what they say here. She released. Stop telling trans people that we're inspiration. Can't even look at this face. Stop getting kids to go on your days at some Oh, how does she know this stuff, though? No idea. She accused Marsh of grooming. By asking children to message privately on separate chat platforms. Okay. 
All right, so that, okay, let's read the story. So the video is there. You can watch the video if you want. Al Jazeera gives a video. Her name is Shumirun Nisa, a British Muslim woman, woman with more than 7 million followers on TikTok. Says she's been targeted after posting about Jeffrey Marsh, an American non-binary activist. Social media platforms are often awash with controversy, but the latest row appears to have spilled over the boundaries of the virtual world and ignited an online conflict about gender and children's rights. There's no doubt about it that the that the uh, alphabet soup are uh, grooming kids because after this, I'm going to show you a book. I'm going to I'm going to see I'm going to show you a book that. It's called Learn. Mm-hmm. Want to see what this book is called? Here. Look at this book. Look at this book. This book is called The, oh the Gay BCs. That's insane. Okay. And it's an ABC book, basically. Learn your letters. Um, obviously, G is for gay. A is for, like, allies. Right? A is for allies. Um, it's like that, that kind of thing. J is for Jehanna. <laughs> you know, there was like a yeah. in, in South Brunswick. Brunswick. In South Brunswick, like Again. someone took a picture of their test and health health test, and it said like it was like all these questions. Uh, uh, but they sent me that. Yeah, I should read that. And it was a student group that was allowed to give the class that day. Like, why are you insistent upon being yeah. heterosexual? And one of them right. said. Don't you see the problem with overpopulation and heterosexual uh, behavior will it's lead to greater overpopulation? Right Maybe your overpopulation. You can I know. <laughs> Listen to this. The clash began last month when Marsh, who uses they, them pronouns, said in a video, stop telling trans people we're inspirational. God, I don't get that. Nessa used that video as the background for her own clip, telling Marsh to stop telling kids to go on your Patreon and chat to you privately without their parents knowing. Did she say that? Did he? Did that person, that other person say that? Like, where did she get that from? Obviously, she had to get that from somewhere. Nessa, who presents herself as a comedian with the handle at the real overload come... What? I don't know what that means. Had... Uh, oh, the real overload comedy, I guess. That's her name had previously posted videos criticizing Marsh on the Chinese-owned social media app. She said Marsh <coughs> encouraged children to message them privately on Patreon, okay, another platform for online content creators, and likened their content to grooming. Her videos amassed millions of views, but the backlash was relentless, she said. Nessa, who wears a hijab, had said people called her transphobic and attacked her religion. She claimed photos of her without her religious headscarf had been posted online by other people without her consent as a form of attack and that her car was vandalized. I'm sorry, but please don't come for my kids, she pleaded in a video on March 12th. The online row comes amid global debates on questions of identity, including gender. All right. Um, Shumer, a, a Twitter per- person is posting, this sister, Shimarun Nessa, who spoke out against Jeffrey Marsh, the pro-alphabet guy who targets kids on TikTok. She received thousands of death threats, had old images without hijab leaked, her car was damaged, and now her kids are being targeted. 
So much, there's so much fear in her voice. In one of their videos, March is seen saying, your parents screwed up. Okay. Marsh goes on to say, this is why I made Patreon, so that we could talk about it. Okay. <laughs> you want to, he, he's so eager to help other people's kids because he knows so much about parenting, right? March goes on to say, that's why I made Pat Patreon, so we could talk about it. So that we could connect in a way that has more privacy, so that we can talk to each other in a way that's more open. All right. Uh, so, so called gender critical people who believe sex is biological and should not be confused with gender identity have spoken in support of Nessa, saying she wants to protect children. I can't even look at this guy, Marsh. I mean, this guy is yeah. over the top with his makeup and his eyeliner and his eye, whatever it's called. Okay? He's like over the top. Speaking of Patreon. Yeah. Go on patreon.com slash Safina Society to support the live stream. She got an unfathomable amount of hate, but she stood her ground. This is what protecting children looks like. Okay? Uh, who said this? The Right Side of History, a, um, an organization that is um, uh, against the trans movement and their targeting of children. Okay. Let's see what she said here. It's not playing for some reason. All right, forget it. We can't see what she says here. So it said like uh, she's protecting children from this guy who's clearly... Um... All right, let's give it a shot. Try to listen to what she's saying here. Okay, guys, this video is going to be a bit long. Stop telling trans people that we're inspirational. What? Stop telling kids to go on your Patreon and chat to you privately without their parents knowing. And then a lot of people made stitches of me saying I'm transphobic, I've done a lot of bad stuff, um, they've even my scarf, my religion, a lot of bad stuff, which I don't want to go into. And these people have also said they are not talking to the kids. Okay, so I did a little bit of digging. Hi kids. Hey kids. I want to talk to the kids. Hi kids. Hey kids. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of videos Yo. addressing kids. Now, the main video I want to talk about. Same. Your parents screwed up. It's okay to say so. <laughs> That's why I made a Patreon. So you want to talk to kids whose parents have screwed up? Why? Why you want to talk to these particular kids? Why? That's why I made a Patreon. So that we could talk about it. So that we could connect in a way that has more privacy. So that we could talk to each other in a way that's uh, more open and stuff that we wouldn't share like in the comments of a video like this. I think you're worthy. And... So you want to talk to kids on a social media platform privately about topics that cannot be talked about in the video of TikTok's comments sections. Because why? Why you want to do that? Why you can't chat about these topics in these comments? Is it because it might get flagged or something? What, what, what could be the reason? Could this be one of the reasons? Going no contact with the kids' parents? 
because you say in one of your videos how kids can go no contact with their parents so you teach kids how to go no contact with their parents is that is that what you're teaching them on on patreon or is it this you're teaching this more on because this this video might get flagged that's why i don't want to say the word and this is jeffrey marsh's patreon you talk about this topic with kids now here are just some of the signs of grooming literally one of the first ones getting <coughs> access and isolating the victim asking them privately to go on patreon and talking to them privately so you can connect and then showing these kids that you trust them you love them you'll keep their secrets and to keep them isolated from their parents and then the icing on the cake is this video i'm beautiful if you do not have a family that loves you i'm going to be your family no you can't you are a stranger on the internet you are not their family oh and another thing you can turn off age restrictions on patreon so kids can go to jeffrey marsh's their patreon i'm with her i'm with nessa this guy needs to be. so what's the guy's name we need romeo for this guy man Finish the job. So, Sophia's saying that in another video, the huh? one on his Patreon to show what he says in another video. Who? Uh, Sophia's saying that on the guys, they, they expose his Patreon messages as well. Wow. Where? No idea, but she's saying it's in another video. I mean, Atik Rahman here is making a good point. He said, the first story we did were accused groomers that society smashed right away, right? Mm -hmm. These poor Asian guys who did nothing, and some of them were white guys. They were just lied upon. Here is a real groomer. He's telling you. Yeah. He's telling the kids, come and let's talk. Do you know if I did that as the imam of the mosque, if I did that for like, let's say, Ajmeri's kids or Zainas kids, right? Or any of the people that I, we work with every day in the masjid, right? If I were to say, listen, I, I, let me talk to you. Don't tell your parents, right? It would be a scandal. Unbelievable. If someone did that with, with my kid, I would say, no, there's something terribly wrong with this person. What do you have to say to another person's kid? What do you have to say to my kid, right? Unbelievable. Feminist author Julie Bindle tweeted, Jeffrey Marsh, as we can see by his online content, is a deeply disturbing man. Can you check out what uh, Sophia said and, and get us that, uh, that footage too? This, this person is a... Uh, He's open about it because he knows he'll be defended. Okay. For this, she, she has received, Shimaroon has received threats with details of her children's schools. Her car has been damaged. Where is it? It's on my WhatsApp. If you go. Look on the computer. My WhatsApp open. Uh, a guy says, this woman has repeatedly spread misinformation about Jeffrey Marsh. Marsh, what disinformation when she actually quotes him? Or she, she puts his, his videos up. That's all she's doing. If all she did was put his, his videos up, she wouldn't have to have any commentary, right? If that's all she did. Okay. What should I look up? Check out the video. If it's short enough, we'll put it up. Okay. That is insane. No, what's the video called? All right, let's go to YouTube and check that out.
is it? It's not by her, right? It, now it's by everyone. Everyone's exposing this guy. Yeah, she just, she just, uh, you know, uh, she brought the ball rolling, but which is good. But now, but if there was, if it was false, right? If it was totally false, it, you wouldn't have other people. The, the internet's all about this, right? It's all about this, okay. Jeffrey Marsh, she's coming for your kids. TikTok, uh, everyone's writing about this now. Um, but what's the name? What's the title of that video specifically? Jeffrey Marsh, what exposed? What is it called? What's the exact title? Because there's a lot of stuff on him now. Oh, okay. We'll just put in Patreon. And that should show up. Okay, here we go. Well, it's 12 minutes, but let's just see what's going on here. Scoochie, I need compensation for... Listen, now it's... This is not even uh, Muslims anymore. I'm writing on Jeffrey Marsh. Go to six minutes? Okay. Habib, what's happening? All right, here it is. Jeffrey Marsh recommends that kids cut off contact with their parents and also says that if parents are upset about being cut off, it's more proof that they should be. This is classic groomer manipulation. This man is is evil. Okay. Separate themselves from their family. Matt Wills tweeted out, Jeffrey Marsh recommends that kids cut off contact with their parents and also says that if their parents are upset about being cut off, then it's just more proof that they should be. This is classic groomer manipulation. This man is an evil scumbag. If you are attempting to figure out if you want to go no contact, let me give you... Cut off your parents, I guess. Go no contact first before you figured it out. If you tell your mother, for example... You're going to go no contact, and she... Can't even look at this guy. She says, what the heck does that mean? Whoa, what the heck? Steamrolls over you. I can't listen to this guy. Oh, now we're in a commercial. But you gotta get the point, right? Is there anything more juicy on that video or that we missed, or what? Essentially, there's a lot of evidence that this guy is a complete... um, Logic is insane. If you haven't decided... Decide. Then do it. <laughs> that's yeah, that's like, the logic. It's like what it is. You were going to do it at night. Uh, I mean, at the end. The end drama. He has. He just. All about this stuff. Society can't have people who are just uh, d- d- dove into the deep end of their feelings. And that's how they make their decisions. That's what you end up with. 
also have this is like an institutional level mm -hmm. with therapists. And do you remember the cases in Washington from last year where there were therapists that could literally take their kids away? Oh my gosh, yes, remember I remember that. that. Yeah. yeah, this is like, yeah, it's the same thing, but at an institutional level that exists. Yeah, now everything is, is it's, it's mostly not Muslims now, right? Here, you got some you, you, young lady, okay. <laughs> and are telling children to come to you over their parents. Not every kid has a bigoted parent that is is not willing to understand their children or sit there and listen to their children. And for for you, Jeffrey Marsh, to be interviewed with Dylan Mulvaney about womenhood, to have a podcast, Alta, that's why. I went to Sephora. I'm never shopping at Ulta again. Uh, Jeffrey literally goes on his TikTok and says, come on, kids, you can come to me. I'll hide stuff from you. I'll help you hide stuff from your parents. What? Are you serious? You have mama bears like me and papa bears out there that ain't having that. You're crossing a boundary, pal. What's I mean, the difference between this and like the white van that so says there's candy in here videos. and children to this company? Yeah. Like they're just masking the same thing. It's the same thing. thing. But now he's just doing thing. it in the open. That's what you say. God is He says God is non binary. All right. So uh, the YouTube is filled with this stuff. You all get the point now and see what's going on with this, with this guy. And uh, wow. That was. Whoever, f how long was this ago with this sister who? On oh, re it's recent. Wow, my gosh. Okay, it's all about cutting ties with the family, with the parents. That's all his messages. Man, this uh, today's uh, news has been. Yeah. All right. Here's another one. Total end of times. Zionist outlet reach out from Medina and a guy takes a Twitter picture of himself uh, or posts a Twitter. He's saying the Jews are now back allowed in Medina. And he said, I'm planting the same trees that our forefathers had here. Right? The story where the Prophet them to scare off this, this tribe that had betrayed him, that betrayed the Muslims, he cut down one of their palm trees. He's like, I'm replacing it. I'm putting it back. Because the Prophet ﷺ in the Sira, this the, one of the tribes had betrayed the Prophet. ﷺ. And so um uh they allowed it, yeah. And he's posting it, he's proud, he was escorted to do it and everything. Wow. Yes. Uh this is the palm trees that our forefathers had planted here and everything. Crazy stuff, man. Now now here's something that is I don't want to say it, but I should. I guess I should say it. It's it's uh, not as. Yeah, I recently put out a picture of um, Mexico, a city in Mexico City, uh, in Mexico, allowing public public uh, cohabitation, basically. Okay. Wait, Mexico or New Mexico? Mexico. 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 Can you be homeless with other people? Huh? You can be homeless with other people. Yeah. <laughs> So someone sends me a message here, okay, a physician from Boston says, 
I just uh, want to put it in perspective that it wasn't that people were actually cohabiting in the streets in this Mexican, in Guadalajara. It's the most conservative place in Mexico. It was that the police were extorting people and telling them that basically we would go and lie and say, we saw you doing lewd acts. As a result of that, all right, the extortion was so rampant that they made a law that people, only regular citizens can go and make the claim, all right, that people were doing this. And so they made a law that they're not going to, um, they're not going to enforce this anymore because the extortion was getting so high. Okay. And I replied, well, I can't really make a meme out of that. So forget it. But that's basically the story behind it. Okay, so a little bit just to, to make sure that we, uh, nonetheless, I mean, this, the point still stands that that is going to be the uh, future that we're going to. All public cohabitation will be rendered lawful in many places. Oh, are you serious? Washington, D.C., DuPont Circle. Washington, D.C. I don't know if you could all see this. Washington, D.C., you have there, and this is in like, DuPont Circle, Washington, D.C. In Washington, D.C., DuPont Circle, they're advertising for... The Macab. Oh, wow. Okay. The new Kaaba. What are they doing here? <laughs> like, like, wow. Insane. Insane. I remember I was reading this book just stood out to me so much that when he said Habib Ahmed Mashur Hadid yeah. died and then a couple of years later Habib Abdul Qadir Saqaf died yeah. he was like everybody there like it was just different now like everything changed it's like these people were holding it together you know yeah like they were they were like they had they, uh, he was saying about Habib Ahmed Mashur Hadid he had like control over the authorities a lot a lot of them like they were still they respected him a lot and they would take his nasiha and everything. He said once those two passed away, like they could, everyone just felt like the world completely changed. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. Insane. Arcview today. Arcview.org. It's Shafi uh, Fiqh today, followed by comments from Johar to Tawheed. Uh, hadith? Oh, my hadith class. Forgot about my own class. My own hadith class, Sharh Sahih Muslim at four. And then we got Shafi Fiqh after that. And then Johar Tawheed. So I feel like I need to read something from Johar Tawheed to purify my eyes here <laughs> and my ears from this nonsense and this insanity. All right. Allah. Let's talk about Al Imanu Binaim Al Qabr. How's that? Belief in the pleasures, the, the, the paradise of the grave. Let's, let's cut from all this insanity that we're reading here. It would make you go crazy and read a little bit from Jawharat al-Tawheed. Tuhfat al-Murid. Hashit al-Bayjuri ala Jawharat al-Tawheed. Qawluhu na'im. Ay, wa na'im al-Qabri. There is paradise in the grave. After you die, you can be straight into a piece of paradise. فهو معطوف على ما تقدم بإسقاط حرف العطف ويكون للمؤمنين It is for the sincere believers لما ورد في ذلك من النصوص البالغة مبلغ التواتر The transmissions on this have reached تواتر وإنما أضيف إلى القبر لأنه الغالب okay. 
والا فلا يختص بالقبور ولا يختص بمؤمني هذه الامه ولا بالمكلفين so when we say نعيم القبر للمؤمنين he says it is not just in the grave there is a realm of the barzakh beyond that okay and it is not just for the mu'minin of this ummah it is for the mu'minin of every ummah and for all those who are truly innocent in the sight of Allah having never received the message okay all right now as you all know with the time change we're going to do a dua of Wednesday at the end of the stream okay nor is it specific for the mukallafin because if you died young you still are in the default st- status of your existence is that you're in naim that's a default and you have to do something bad to be put in jahannam right or to be in shaqa yeah it's the opposite of christianity where you're born into this original sin is that the person will find a great expansion Okay, they will uh, unlike the grave, which the image of the grave is small. You will find it to have been expanded. Other also a small piece of jannah, right, will open up for you. and beautiful sense. and that your grave will be a slice of paradise. وَجَعَلْ قَنْدِيلْ بِفَتْحِ الْقَافِ فِيهِ فَيُنَوْرُ لَهُ قَبْرَهُ كَالْقَمْرِ لَيْلَةِ الْبَدْرِ And there will be an, its own light in the grave. Obviously, where's the sun, right? Well, the thing is that this is clearly not a physical opening. You're in a barzakhi realm. You are in a realm. It's not like a dream, but it's not physical as, as strong as this physicality. It's a different realm that Imam al-Haddad put it best. He said, it's very hard to explain. وَقَدْ وَرَدَ أَنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَى أوحى إلى موسى الله تعالى كيف وحي تموسى تعلم الخير وعلمه للناس study learn the good and teach it to the people فإني منور لما فإني منور لمعلم العلم ومتعلمه قبورهم for Allah سبحانه وتعالى says I am lighting up the graves of the one seeking knowledge of ilm and the one teaching the good. Okay. So that they will feel no discomfort in their place nor wish to come back to this world. Wahsha. No wahsha. Wahsha means a longing. Wa'an Omar Marfu'an. Man nawwara fi masajidillahi nawwarallahu lahu fi qabri. Sayyidina Omar bin said, whoever lights up because lighting up the masajid, it took effort in the past. Whoever. Hmm? Oh, marfu'an, he says here. Wan Omar marfu'an to the Prophet. Correct. Whoever lights up the houses of Allah, Allah lights up his graves. We treat this not as some allegory or metaphor, haqiqa. Right? We the the default of all human languages go to the is that things are true and literal unless there's a reason not to. Okay. 
he's talking about the three things. سُؤَالُنَا ثُمَّ عَذَابُ الْقَبْرِ نَعِيمُهُ وَاجِبُ كَبَعَثِ الْحَشْرِ So the questions in the grave, the punishment in the grave, and the pleasure in the grave. All of this is wajib. Okay, and he says here, it is, there is no rational reason to uh, hold it as an allegory, so we take it as it is literally. Okay, uh, it is something that is possible. Okay, and uh, the reports on it are sound. Therefore, it's obligatory for us to believe. Even some of the Mu'tazila hold that. And the Malahida, I think a lot of Mu'tazila also rejected punishment in the grave, right? We didn't pray the Hurriyah yet. Kaba'athi al Hashri. That people will be resurrected into physical bodies. Just like these physical bodies. Physical bodies. They won't look like these. They may look different. But they are physical bodies just like these. Resurrected a second time. And that's basically one of the most important pillars of our of our Iman. Okay. Resurrected in physical bodies. Okay. Alright, so let's now go to... Um, the Q&A portion of our program today. And first, um, there is a new service for by Retina, Ocean County Retina. And that new service includes, it involves making sure that you can see well from both eyes and make sure that you're not the Dajjal. Okay? So, um, Ocean County Retina. Laser surgery. Get your eyes fixed. All sorts of other things like this. All right. Right here in New Jersey. Right down the road from us. Maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes down the road. Uh, Melody says, you know, we need to hit the default button. Self-cleansing. It's true. You read stuff like that guy. That's the beauty of it. We, we get to go to the masjid. You pray once a lot. One will do it once a lot. Boom. Remove it. Okay. Uh, are you guys... Meat, Zabiha hand cut halal. No, it's not hand cut halal. It's halal by Maliki and Shafi standards, not by Hanafi standards. When we have meat in MBIC, it is halal by Shafi and Maliki standards, not by Hanafi standards. Hanafi standards being the hand cut. Okay. What's up? Maybe. I don't know. He's Egyptian, though. I think he said it one time. Really? Hand cut as in like they cut the meat after they got it. <laughs> That's definitely, that part is hand cut. So, right? so what should a Hanafi who attends that masjid do? Uh, because there's also a, a arm of not taking the community across. Yeah, yeah. So how would, how, what would your ishtihad be? My ishtihad would be when a Muslim tells me something's halal, khalas, I accept it. If I accept to go to his house, I accept it. That's, what does Murad do? Yeah, Fal Sheikh Murad. He's, he's, uh, Sheikh Murad may also know also other opinions within the Hanafi school, right? That is more expansive on the issue of meat. Yeah. 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 He's eats chicken because <laughs> because if it is permitted in another madhab, it is not. We don't treat it like khanzir, right? I don't think like a. Shafi'i meat, Shafi'i slaughtered chicken 
I asked one time a Hanafi, a hardcore hand slaughtered. I said, so if if a Jew hand slaughters, I think he said like he would eat it because it's it's halal to eat the meat of Jews. I said, okay. If a Shafi presents a chicken and he says, I slaughtered on Shafi standards, would you eat it? And he got stumped, right? He says, you're going to eat the Jewish meat, but you're not going to eat Shafi meat, right? Uh, uh, Shafi or Maliki standards. He got stumped. He laughed. He started laughing because he realized like, they, they sort of sometimes treat the Shafi or Maliki standards of meat as if it's like treated like Hanzir. And they'll, they've mingled this even in Tasawuf in some levels and said, that's the reason you're having blockage. It's like, how would you know that, right? Then therefore, there should be no awliya in Egypt. There should be no awliya in Syria. There will be no awliya in these countries ever, right? In Morocco. They all go by this fatwa. Yes. I can't help but imagine artifacts that maybe Sabrina society or students can work on. Yeah. Where we create a beautiful chart, very simple, a nice poster mm-hmm. for medhebs, and on a high level, on like the different categories of thick, what are the key differences between each one? Well, it would be good just to do it on like meat to see what the standards are. And I talked to the NY uh, New York, were you with me? Yeah. New York Sharia Council? Okay, so the New York Sharia Board. I met the one of the high-level guys at the New York Sharia Board. They're doing amazing work out there. One of the things that we discussed was that they uh, certify restaurants. But they, they, they had to make a judgment call that they had to cer- choose one of the medhubs to certify on. And for reasons that they went to the most exclusive to appeal to them. Or not to appeal, but so that they could benefit from it. And the majority of the community were from the subcontinent, so they're Ahnaf. So what, what the suggestion that I am coming with is that the Sharia boards should have two tranches, right? You should have two labels. And you should just put it out there because it's as if to say that none of the Arabs who are non-Hanafi and even some of the Arab Hanafis, it, this doesn't suit them at all, right? Uh, so there should be a, like a, a, a stand, halal by Hanafi standards and halal by... Maliki, Shafi, and Hanbali standards. Okay. And it is a lesser standard, right? In terms of what you're looking for, because they require hands straight to the neck, which we have full respect for that. Obviously, there's nothing wrong with having that's an opinion. There's nothing, there's no direct nus on that. In the hook of it makes sense that if it isn't from the neck, then it would be meta. But the societally, there needs to be something. Yeah. I mean, all I've asked. So many shiyukh from the uh, Maliki and Shafi'iyah. And all of them had permitted the use of a machine, provided, this is the key, someone was there making sure that it actually worked. Right? That we need certainty on. We cannot have any doubt that the slaughter occurred by means of a machine. That we can't have any doubt. Okay? Questions here. MJ Steele does not like the Mexico City explanation. Dumbed down reason. Who are these lawmakers? He's right. Why don't you prosecute the officers who are bothering people and extorting them? That's the solution. Okay. I 
Um, MJ Steele says, I live close to the center, but I work evening hours. I highly recommend you get ArcView and you sign up for Sheikh Murad's Aqidah class. You take that class on Sunday live and you watch the recordings later on. And then you and you come on Sunday to Awaylim to sign up for Awaylim after Ramadan, I guess. We only have one session left. But after Ramadan, you can even come and, and sit in Sunday at 2 p.m. at the masjid. How do you know you are being tested by Allah? We are always being tested. Good times is a test. Bad times is a test. Everything is always a test. Okay? Everything is always a test. And uh, we're always being tested. The good is a test. The bad is a test. Everything is a test. Okay? I really need to start learning Hanafi fiqh. All right? When is... Uh, you can sign up for Dar al-Fat too. Well, but he says he works in the evening, so he can't do that. Um... You can take Hanafi Fiqh on Arkvi too. And then you could meet the teacher here. The teacher's going to be moving here soon. So you can be... Uh... Yeah, they have good classes too. But the thing is, the beauty of it, he lives here. Imran Ahmed's going to live here too, right? So you have, inshallah, he's moving soon. So you have access to the teacher, your, your Fiqh teacher here. Just watch his, get, watch, take the classes online, meet him here in person at the message, Jummah, whatever. Watch how he interacts with the Yeah, <laughs> watch if he eats That's the food or not. Yeah. That's the exact, exact thing. Yep. Act how, see how he treats the, the times where his, the Medheb clashes with real life in the community. And that's going to happen all the time. Okay. All right. It's 2.54. Let us now move to our dua. All right. Of Al-Arbi'a. Last question. Pulsating amygdala. Um, this person's amygdala is pulsating. Is it permissible to use memes? Yes. Why not? As long as the content is sound. Yeah. My friend and I use memes in WhatsApp conversations, sometimes making memes of each other and use memes of other people. Yeah, as long as it's not going to be offensive to somebody. Yeah, haram. Just look at the content. That's it. Why do you think Zuleikha wasn't punished, even though she was the one who tried to seduce you, News? She was punished, maybe not in the court over there, but she was punished uh, in life, like... She ended up divorced. She ended up miserable. She ended up poor. She did suffer a lot. Okay. A question from Instagram says, um, Ahmed Rida Khan, as a NBF, Stories of the Awliya, inshallah. Uh, Amra Bintu, how do we get rid of suit of dhan and negative thoughts about people? Is by displacement. You got to think of the good things about them. You got to think of how they suffered. You got to think of all the excuses they may have, right? Valid excuses for why they're behaving in a certain way. Um, all that is, um, is is how you displace bad thoughts about people with good thoughts and say Naisa bin Maryam when they saw the dead donkey he said look how white its teeth are that famous story you know about that story okay, say Naisa was walking with his companions and they found a, a, a dead donkey and it was rotting and the bugs were on it and they were all saying oh look at the bugs the blood it smells bad and say Naisa said but look how white its teeth are so he didn't blame them for what they said. It's true. That's why Meta is bad. Najas is bad. 
right? Death is mutanajist, or death is a source of najasa for things, right? But his personality, his guidance pointed to what's nice in the image. The, white, the teeth are still very white. I was, I was reading here, I want to get your, your explanation of this. Basically, it said, like, someone taught him a lesson about where you're looking at a horizon, and it's a beautiful green horizon, and as you keep walking closer to it, you see a person beating a donkey. Mm. And like, you stay, you stay at the further distance. Ooh, yeah. I always believed, and I always tell people, if you want to be part of the community, there need you need to know the right distance to and away from people and the community itself, right? So you have to have a sort of mental, you can't get your life intertwined with everyone else's life. That's not good, right? You're so close that the friction's too much. Eventually something bad's going to happen. If we were all sitting really close like this for a while, it's fine. But if we were stuck here and, 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 and uh, locked here, within a few hours you just get annoyed, right? And you might find... The psychology of people is if you keep looking at something, you'll see its flaws. So you have to be able to bounce away every once in a while in the sense of um, not physically having to leave, but at least personally and mentally. Wash yourself off, right? And don't get so involved in people's business. Omimariam says, when invited at invitations, it's almost certain majority of people don't bother confirming if machine slaughtered or not. Or if the process was watched by the person. Um, that's why we need a Sharia board to call them every few months and ask them and even go visit and to see what their operation looks like. You're not allowed to ask. This is it an manslaughter? Like, you're not allowed to ask. Like, this is Ajib, really? You yeah. go to a Muslim community event? Yeah. Like, is this manslaughter? Is this like, yeah. If you don't ask. If you're uncertain about it, don't go to the event. Don't eat it. Don't eat the vegetable option. No, but you don't don't even go to the event. I tell people, if you will not eat the meat that I put, and don't ask me, don't come to my house. Simple as that. You're not going to come to my house and then accuse my food. Right? Don't come to my house. Simple as that. And I'm serving what I want to serve. Right? I'm not going to cater to your thing. I'm serving what I'm serving at my house. You can come or you can not come. That's how simple it is, right? But you're not coming, and I'm saying, oh, the food that we always eat, we're not eating it because it's not special enough. It's not halal enough for this person. No. My salah, I'm not reciting the basmala in the fart. I'm not reciting it. Pray behind me or don't come to my house, right? So you respect the person. You respect that they they know how to worship Allah, right? They are upon a sound, valid method. Okay? Simple as that. Simple as that. What kind of rudeness is this? Such pr- privilege, elitist rudeness, if turned into an Islamic, uh, you know, uh, version of it. That's all it is. Because, because madhahib, they are. This is dhani, right? This is things that are that came up based upon opinion. This is not qatayat of the deen, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's rude and it's not the right way to do things. I had a question regarding if a person has 2021 Ramadan, outstanding psalm. That's 2021, so more than a year has passed. You just fast one, uh, you still fast for your qada, you owe your qada, and you pay one fidya. Okay. 
just one fidya for even if it's a year or more. You're not going to pay fidya for every year that you missed just one time. Okay. So she, this person missed the fidya from 2022. They didn't uh, the qada, They didn't do qada in 2022. Now it's 2023. So now two Ramadans have passed. So, but still only one fidya, one qada and one fidya. Fidya these days is uh, still, I would say, at $12. $12. Could you read the Quran to get answers? Yes, but not, not the random opening of the page. We don't have, that's gambling. That's the type of lottery that has entered in Islam on, that is not right. Um, open the Quran. See if the if the ayah is a verse of mercy or a verse of punishment. Verse of punishment, no. Verse of mercy, yes. And I heard another one. Do it three times, and then see it's the best out of three, right? If two verses of mercy or more, then do it. This is all darb al-Islam that has never been mentioned or has no soundness to the Sahaba, and it goes exactly the opposite way of what the Prophet is teaching us. He's teaching us, take responsibility for your own decisions. Make a decision and trust in Allah. Right? Make a decision with your own brain and with nasiha and everything. You're responsible for that. Right? My friend one time asked me that. I said, so you're actually going to go to your business partners and say, yes, I'm for it. And they're going to say, why? And you're going to either A, keep it a secret, or B, you're going to tell them, I opened the, the Holy Quran two to- three times, He's been like, who am I doing business with? This guy's nuts. I'm not trusting him with millions of dollars, right? <laughs> Who's operating on chance and lottery? It sounds like a joke, but like I was talking to someone who was uh, worked for BCG, which is a consulting firm. Yeah, I mean, one of the few consulting firms that consult for like Saudi Arabia, Qatar, and for these countries. Mm-hmm. So I wanted he was actually consulting on the Neem project, right? The what? The Neem. The oh, Neem, no. Neem or whatever, Neem, yeah, or whatever yeah. It's called, right? Yeah. So they they hired BCG to say, hey, can you look at this project? Tell us what you think about it telling him like you need to have like at least somewhat of a Muslim background because these guys will walk in and be like I like I saw a dream and then you know this is why we should do this oh and yeah then, and then like, but it wouldn't make sense at all like in terms of like actual business plan yeah. like like Neo right it doesn't make sense from a business perspective yeah but they're like yeah we saw a dream uh we're good to go here that but <laughs> even <laughs> even that's not usually how it works it usually works that we did our due diligence and then finally, after that, now we got a good bishara. Exactly. Or, exactly. or things are going really rough, and we got a good bishara, keep going. right? Mm-hmm. But it's never going to be the decision-making it's not the thing. Qatari. It's not a Qatari thing yeah. where you're just like, okay. Shoot. It's not going to be the decision. It's going to be something to encourage, to, to finally seal the deal. Mm-hmm. right? This is like the Prophet would take all the asbab. Yeah. Until the thing happened, and then after, he would, like, it would be as if he took no asbab. Yeah. Right. After that, and also in the times of great hardship, when you're about to give up on something, then there are many stories of the, of those types of dreams. Keep going. Just uh, not, let's listen to this question here. What if I didn't do qada for years? I owe many hajj or salah, uh, uh, psalm or salah. Is it forgiven, uh, or should I still do qada after hajj? If you are sinful in not praying or not fasting, that's what the sinful part of it is forgiven but you still owe the prayers and the fasts. Okay. Hamza Azizi says, Aramadiki, you owe qada 
what's better, pray two qada to make up for fajr and then fajr, or the two raghiba before fajr then fajr? No, two qada. Is the non Hanafi sinful for not praying witr and eating seafood? Well, you know, I think he means crayfish. Because they can eat seafood, <laughs> but they can't eat the crayfish, right? Okay. Um, I think is that, so I think that if you have made a, have made a commitment and you have established you set in your heart a belief, this is what I believe, right? And this is what I'm doing. And you've made that commitment, and then you just got lazy, and said, "Now, oh, I'm I'm Shafi for today," and I ate it. Then I think that you are maximum that that is a disliked practice because you're really contradicting your own decision making, right? That's really the problem here. Like you made a decision, make a decision, stick with a decision, okay? Stick with that decision. But if you want to just do something like. Uh, uh, you're not so committed to it, then don't be committed. You say, I'm, I'm chef on food, right? It's not the end of the world. But here's the problem. If you then become a teacher of fiqh, you have a problem, right? And the automat talked about the one who does those things in his personal life, have, they say, well, okay, that's his personal life. But now, if you are a community teacher or you're teaching your family and you're teaching this Hanafi book, you're going to create a cognitive dissonance when you're teaching something and doing the opposite. Okay? So that's one of the problems there. Gordo eats says lobster go hard. Cajun seasoning and some butter. <laughs> How about this? Grilled. Grill it. Grilled lobster. Then dip that thing in the butter, right? And then roll that into the Cajun seasoning, right? Right? Zog says in the Madiki Math, if your testament was rejected, you skip what three days in a row? All right, let's stop here. Let's go to the dua of Al Arbi'ah. As you all know, Yom Al Arbi'ah is a time in which dua is accepted. Between Dhuhr and Asr, and we are in between Dhuhr and Asr. So let us turn to Hizb al Nasr al Imam al Haddad. This dua is, this thicket is not necessarily connected to uh, the dua of Wednesday. It's not necessarily to read this dua, but you can read any dua. Okay. Go to the second camera. Uh, third camera. And then you click Hizb al Nasr. Click on down on Hizb al Nasr. No, no, don't turn it off. Just to click on it. Yeah, there you go. You see? What's going on here? No, it's getting بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن فتحنا لك فتحا مبينا ليغفر لك الله ما تقدم من ذنبك وما تأخر ويتم نعمته عليك ويهديك صراطا مستقيما 
وإن سرك الله نصرا عزيزا وكان عند الله وجيها وجيها في الدنيا والآخرة ومن المقربين وجهت وجهي للذي فطر السماوات والأرض بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نصر من الله وفتح قريب وبشر المؤمنين يا أيها الذين آمنوا كونوا أنصار الله كما قال عيسى بن مريم للحواريين من أنصاري إلى الله قال الحواريون نحن أنصار الله الله لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم لا تأخذه سنة ولا نوم له ما في السماوات وما في الأرض ماذا الذي يشفع عنده إلا بإذنه يعلم ما بين أيديهم وما خلفهم ولا يحيطون بشيء من علمه إلا بما شاء وسع كرسيه السماوات والأرض ولا يؤده حفظهما وهو العلي العظيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لو أنزلنا هذا القرآن على جبل لرأيته خاشعا متصدعا من خشية الله وتلك الأمتان نضربها للناس لعلهم يتفكرون هو الله الذي لا إله إلا هو عالم الغيب والشهادة هو الرحمن الرحيم هو الله الذي لا إله إلا هو الملك القدوس السلام المؤمن المهيمن العزيز الجبار المتكبر سبحان الله عما يشركون هو الله الخالق البارئ المصور له الأسماء الحسنى يسبح له ما في السماوات والأرض وهو العزيز الحكيم أعيذ نفسي بالله تعالى من كل ما يسمع بأذنين ويبصر بعينين ويمشي برجلين ويبطش بيدين ويتكلم بشفتين حصنت نفسي بالله الخالق الأكبر من شر ما أخاف أحذر من الجن والإنس وأن يحضرون عز جاره وجل ثناؤه وتقدست أسماؤه ولا إله غيره اللهم إني أجعلك في نحور أعدائي وأعوذ بك من شرورهم وتحيلهم ومكرهم ومكائدهم أطفئ نار من أراد بعداوة من الجن والإنس يا حافظ يا حفيظ يا كافي يا محيط سبحانك يا رب ما أعظم شأنك وأعز سلطانك تحسنت بالله وبأسماء الله وبآيات الله وملائكة الله وأنبياء الله ورسل الله والصالحين من عباد الله حسنت نفسي بلا إله إلا الله, إلا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم اللهم احرسني بعينك التي لا تنام وكنفني بكنفك الذي لا يرام وارحمني بقدرتك علي فلا أهلك وأنت التقتي ورجائي يا غياث المستغيثين يا غياث المستغيثين يا غياث المستغيثين يا دارك الهالكين يا دارك الهالكين يا دارك الهالكين اكفني شر كل طارق يطرق بليل أو نهار إلا طارق يطرق بخير إنك على كل شيء قدير بسم الله أرقي نفسي من كل ما يؤذي ومن كل حاسد الله شفائي بسم الله رقيت اللهم رب الناس أدف الباس اشفي أنت الشافي وعافي أنت المعافي لا شفاء إلا شفاءك شفاء لا يغادر السقم ولا ألم يا كافي يا وافي يا حميد يا مجيد ارفع عني كل تعب شديد وكفني من الحد والحديد والمرد الشديد والجيش العديد واجعل لي نورا من نورك وعزا من عزك ونصرا من نصرك وبهاء من بهائك وعطاء من عطائك وحراسة من حراستك وتأييدا من تأييدك يا ذا الجلال والإكرام والمواهب العظام أسألك أن تكفيني من شرك لذي شر إنك أنت الله الخالق الأكبر 
صلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه والحمد لله رب العالمين ظاهرا وباطنا وعلى كل حال يا أرحم الراحمين I'll take a few minutes for dua so صلى الله عليك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم سبحان ربك رب العزة أما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين Yes, a lot of